0: The Big Fight Weekend Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network of Shows is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, Arizona, and coming soon to Louisiana. From boosted parlays to in-game odds on every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today, bet $10, and get $200 in free bets. Download the WinBet app now or visit WYNNBet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you in part by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Check out the new PropSwap.com and use the promo code SGP for your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. We're also brought to you in part by Stable Duel. Stable Duel is the horse racing DFS app where you can play free and paid games for real cash prizes. You can win as much as $15,000 with a single entry. Head over to StableDuel.com to get started today. And we're also brought to you in part by the SGPN app. Just enter SGPN in the App Store or the Google Play Store to download it today. The countdown is on to fight time. This is Big Fight Weekend. Now, here is your host, T.J. Reeves. Yes, ring the bell for the final time in the month of February on the Big Fight Weekend podcast. Good to be back with you as we have some championship fights to go over in the UK and in the United States, whether it be in London, in Glasgow, Scotland, whether it be in Las Vegas, Nevada, we're all about it here as part of the Big Fight Weekend podcast. I am the somewhat capable, humble host of the program. We've got much to go over in terms of fight news and previews, and I've got a special guest joining me. Love the insight over in the U.K. of the boxing writer, David Payne, from the website boxingwriter.co.uk. David has over 25 years of experience covering the fight game, especially in London and in and around England and the U.K. So we've got some great insight upcoming on the win by Kel Brook, In the kind of the the over-the-hill, we should have had it five years earlier, welterweight showdown between Brooke from England and Amir Khan, also from England, two of the more uh, prominent uh, welterweights or junior welterweights of the last decade, at least in England, both of them former world champions. They squared off. Brooke got the TKO win. David Payne will have some insight on the program here in a little bit. David will also have insight as well on the upcoming Undisputed A junior welterweight title defense by Josh Taylor. Josh Taylor, the Scotsman, a four-belt champion, having defeated Jose Ramirez uh, of, uh, of the U.S. and California last May to garner two more of the belts at 140 pounds. So this is his first defense. It's been delayed by a couple of months because Taylor had an ankle injury in training. So now they're coming off... Uh, the ankle injury, he's back healed, healthier, or as, as healthy as he's going to let everybody uh, onto with this. To take on England's Jack Catterall. What about Catterall's chances? What about Taylor, his stardom? The Scottish fans who are going to be roaring, as this is a world title defense for a Scotsman, the Tartan Tornado. David Payne will have insight on all of this. We'll go over some gambling odds, uh, etc. All of that is forthcoming when he joins me here in a little bit. Quick reminder at the top of the show before we get into some of the a news on the Vegas fight card that's going to feature Chris Colbert on the Showtime boxing main event. Colbert, unbeaten, uh, super lightweight, getting ready to uh, do battle um, in Las Vegas in a 12-round main event against a newer opponent, an opponent that's just come in the last couple of weeks. We'll explain that more. So we'll get into that here in just a second. We'll hear from David Payne in a little bit. A reminder again, however you found us, wherever you found us, sports gambling podcast their network of shows, sportsgamblingpodcast.com. Thank you for doing so. We're usually here on the Big Fight Weekend in the preview mode. We come out on Friday and get ready to preview all of the action uh, through the weekend. We stay relevant through Saturday, most of the fights on Saturday night, but in this case, we've got a WBO Cruiserweight title fight on Sunday night. It is taking place on Sunday night with Lawrence O'Coley of England defending the WBO Cruiserweight Championship one notch below heavyweight. Uh, That is upcoming Uh, Sunday from London. We'll go over that card a little bit here in just a second as well. So, uh, again, we're in the preview mode, and you need to make sure that you are following or subscribing to us because you will get this automatically on Friday. Uh, Get a notification, get the blinking light, get the ding that we're back with another Big Fight Weekend podcast. So go to Apple Podcasts, go to Spotify, go to Google Podcasts, wherever you get podcasts. Search Big Fight Weekend and follow or subscribe. And look, you'll hear me talking about this with David, as uh, again, we recorded on on Thursday uh, with the unfolding situation, obviously, in Ukraine, uh, one of the satellite countries that used to be part of the Soviet Union that broke away back 30 years ago when the breakup of the Communist Party in in the Soviet Union began. And now Vladimir Putin's Russia has invaded Ukraine, to some degree as wednesday night slash thursday morning became thursday night into friday morning and daybreak is now as we're releasing the podcast that daybreak is underway in ukraine and as you listen later on on friday to becoming nighttime again which i'm sure will be uh, more of the insurgence of of uh, putin and trying to take over ukraine and oust the ukrainian government we'll see from Uh, The world response, the United States' response and the U.S. allies and the European allies as to what gets done here. But uh, this is a a case where real-life geopolitics, war, life and death is going to affect boxing. We're going to talk with David Payne about this as it relates to the Alexander Usyk-Anthony Joshua proposed rematch that's supposed to be coming later on here in uh, in May, potentially June, that Usyk is obviously Ukrainian national hero, former gold medalist, and you, you've got a war-torn situation in his country with millions and millions of people fleeing, evacuating the country uh, in hiding in bomb shelters, in subway tunnels, and elsewhere for fear of what the Russians are doing with uh, with airplanes, aircraft, bombs, with, with infantry on the ground and tanks and taking over their country. Obviously, sports is way, way distant in the priority list on this. Nevertheless, we do a boxing podcast, and it's got to have an effect. I mean, for goodness sake, we're going to talk here in just a second about this Chris Colbert headlining fight card at the Cosmopolitan Hotel in Las Vegas. And Victor Postall, another Ukrainian, is on the undercard fighting American Gary Antoine Russell in a in an eliminator contender bout, Postal is a former world champion, Ukrainian. He's in Vegas, half the world away from Ukraine, worried about his family in that situation. But as it stands right now, as we head into the weekend, Postal is going to stay in Las Vegas, fight in the fight, have the payday. From what he relayed, his family is safe for now. His wife, his children, his extended family or as safe as they can be. But here again, is is real life intersecting. Uh, sports on this. So we'll talk with David Payne a little bit about that uh, here in a few minutes. Uh, As I mentioned, uh, Colbert will be fighting in the main event. It is against a different opponent. This bout was supposed to be uh, for the WBA Junior Lightweight Championship, but Roger Gutierrez of uh, of Venezuela tested positive for COVID-19 a couple of weeks ago, had to suspend his training. He was uh, experiencing symptoms. So he was not able to follow through and defend his title for the second time, the WBA World Championship secondary world championship actually. They still have not determined who's the who's the overall world champion. Uh, and so now Colbert needed an opponent. He's gotten that opponent in a Dominican fighter by the name of Hector Luis Garcia, an up and coming prospect. Garcia 14-0, 10 KOs. Colbert out of Brooklyn, New York, 16-0, uh, six KOs, is kind of e-ticketed for stardom. Colbert is the big draw. This will be a 12-round eliminator bout for this title with the winner to still face Gutierrez for the world championship uh, down the road. All right. So that is the main event on this card. And by the way, for our friends at sports gambling podcast and uh, what they look at for all of these fights and, and what's going to take place. Colbert currently A minus 3,100 or 31-to-1 favorite to win over the little-known Garcia, who does have an unbeaten record, does have a bit of an amateur background, represented the Dominican Republic in the Olympics. Not going to expect much of a threat. We mentioned uh, that also Victor Postal fighting Gary Antoine Russell. Gary Antoine Russell... Uh, of the of the same Russell family, Gary uh, Russell losing his featherweight championship recently, this is his brother, Gary Antoine Russell, minus 750 against the former world champion Postol, uh, who previously knocked out Lucas Matisse back a few years ago to win a world championship fight, but has also lost to the likes of Terrence Crawford and lost to Josh Taylor, who's fighting this weekend in another championship fight. So post all at 38 years of age. This is the typical the age veteran against the young up and coming unbeaten fighter. Um, Russell minus seven fifty post all. You know the veteran. I, I you just don't know where his head is with what's going on. Obviously in Ukraine that's a bigger bigger life situation than what boxing is. Post all plus four twenty five in that fight in that matchup. If you're interested in short term investment. Um, on that one so again that's the fight card in vegas showtime will have it saturday night triple header also jerwin on cajas of uh, the philippines is defending his championship as part of the triple header uh as well and cajas uh will be out there in um in his opportunity to fight against uh, an argentine fernando martinez that'll be the opening fight on cajas 31 33 1 and 2 and defending his title for the 10th time uh, out of the Philippines. So, a triple header, uh, one championship fight that's on Cajas' title. The other two are eliminator title uh, bouts uh, that will be going on on Showtime. As we mentioned, DeZone also has a Sunday night show, and that is the WBO Cruiserweight Championship with Lawrence O'Coley of England, out of Hackney, England, uh, making the second defense of his Cruiserweight Championship. And that is coming against Mikhail Cislak of Poland. Cislak is a former world title challenger, having lost for the WBC Cruiserweight Championship in 2020 to Junior Makabu. Makabu's been in the news recently. Maybe he was going to fight Canelo Alvarez, et cetera, et cetera. Makabu beat Cislak uh, previously. So now, Ocoli looks to set things up here for himself on the big stage in the cruiserweight division. Maybe he'll get a fight down the road with Makabu, etc. So that is the upcoming main event uh, from Matchroom Boxing. And that will be taking place again on Sunday night. I had it right the first time uh, there. So uh, they, they move off the night where Josh Taylor, who we're going to talk a lot about this, Taylor going to be fighting on Saturday night, UK time, Saturday afternoon, US time, so Matchroom choosing to have this DAZN show on Sunday night at the O2 Arena, Sunday afternoon, U.S. time, Ocoley and Seaslock for the WBO Cruiserweight Championship and a couple of other fighters uh, of interest that will be on uh, the undercard. Fabio Wardley, uh, uh, one of the up-and-coming British heavyweights, is on this undercard Gal is also on this undercard. A couple of British fighters that are up and coming. Eddie Hearn's matchroom card on Sunday night. O'Coli, obviously, in the main event, and he is heavily favored uh, to win in that showdown. Okay, so again, we've got championship fights. Much more on the Josh Taylor fight coming later on here Uh, Again, it's it's a rare opportunity when you see a four belt title defense. Canelo Alvarez has all of the championships at super middleweight, for example. Josh Taylor has them all at junior welterweight defending against another Brit in Jack Catterall. We're going to talk much more about that as the podcast goes on. Let's get into some of the news of the week, the recap of the brook. Amir Khan fight with David Payne, the boxing writer in England. David's going to have much more on the situation with Ukraine. What does this mean for the Ukrainian fighters, including Alexander Usyk? Is it going to possibly delay? Or as we wrote on the site on BigFightWeekend.com, could it derail in the short term uh, a rematch with Anthony Joshua? We're going to find all of that out in the coming days and coming weeks with what's happening in Ukraine and whether or not... Uh, Vladimir Putin and the Russian forces continue to advance on that country, take that country over, get rid of the government? Will they back off under pressure from the rest of the world, financial and otherwise? We don't know that answer as we head towards the weekend. A lot of uncertainty. It's it's awful what is going on right now in Eastern Europe. So uh, David and I will talk about that, and then we'll obviously preview on a much lesser uh, grim situation the, the fight for Taylor. Josh Taylor, Scotland homecoming, we'll preview that fight with Catterall. get you some odds and some predictions as the podcast rolls on. All right, much to get to. Let's do it right now as we we rock along and head to this final weekend of February. As promised, whenever I get this opportunity, and man, do I have a lot to talk with him about, I love the boxing writer over in the UK, David Payne. So much insight on so many subjects, but particularly when we're talking about the fights in the UK and in Europe, I go to this man, he's a go-to guy, and he's back aboard on the Big Fight Weekend podcast. Hey, uh, thank you for doing this because I know uh, you are busy and we're trying to work out time zone differences, et cetera. So thank you for being back aboard, including in a little bit, we're going to get to this undisputed uh, junior welterweight title fight, Josh Taylor, Jack Catterall, Glasgow, Scotland. We're looking forward to uh, what's going to happen with that. Anyway, good to be with you. Good to have you back aboard on the Big Fight Weekend podcast.
1: I always make time for the Big Fight Weekend podcast if I can, TJ. Thanks for having me. Thanks for inviting me. As you say, a lot of British angles in the last week or so and looking forward. So good to be here talking boxing again.
0: No doubt. So as I mentioned, just before you came on, obviously Kel Brook, Amir Khan years past, probably when it should have happened, you have written about it on your site on BoxingWriter.co.uk. Um, I want you to articulate a couple more thoughts here. These are both former champions, both, at 35 years of age, Brooke nearly 30, what, 36 years of age, and Brooke outfought Amir Khan. Give give me some more about what you wrote um, about this, somewhat delayed, but we finally got it the other night, and it was obviously a big deal in the UK and for boxing fans.
1: It was, it was, as we've, has been much documented. They should have fought many years ago. He's um, not quite the British Mayweather Pacquiao, but it's certainly a rivalry. They were, Almost identical in age, only ever seven pounds apart, really, in the weight divisions, apart from their various moves to middleweight for cash cow fights. Um, So it really should have happened and they probably would have both benefited from fighting each other. They probably could have turned it into a series of two and three in the way that um, Ben and Eubank and Collins and Watson, et cetera, did back in the day. For those a bit longer in the tooth to remember those British guys getting it on, who, of course, never fought our Roy Jones and James Toney. There's, there's some symmetries there that they could have exploited for the British crowd. And we saw on Saturday, even as veterans, 35 years old, very evidently in decline from their best whenever that point was. Perhaps the, the, the two crimes were was, was slightly disjointed, but um, it still drew a huge crowd. It still drew a lot of eyeballs to the British side of the broadcast. I don't know how it, it, it touched in America, um, but it was good and an entertaining kind of... You're looking at the remnants of what they were and Brooke clearly was a lot closer to... Um, being an active fighter than Khan. Khan was essentially retired two and a half years out of the ring at his sort of age. It's an awful long time. Brooke, two, 18 months, but he looked like the guy who knew he was still a fighter and and he was much more solid. And that might be how it has played out at any time they met TJ. We we will never know, will we? Um, Because... It was a kind of an exaggerated version of what might have happened in their primes. Khan's always had a vulnerability about him. has always relied on speed, but always give everybody a chance. Uh, And Brooke's always been a very competent, well-rounded guy with a pretty decent chin until he met um, you know who. Um, So I enjoyed the fight and I'm glad Brooke won. I think it meant more to him. And ultimately, as I said in the article, and you kindly repurposed for bigfightweekend.com, um, I think his grudge ran a little deeper. His desire to win ran a little deeper, and he was a bit closer to whatever prime they had left, and that ultimately proved to be the difference. Uh,
0: you know, the, the logical follow-up so many times in boxing, whether you're talking about Ali, Leonard, all of them, Mike Tyson, uh, whomever, they all seemingly just cannot walk away, cannot leave it alone and, f- and fight way beyond, years beyond what they should you believe, looking at the crystal ball, that's going to be the case with these two guys? I mean, what it should be and the reality of what it will be are two different things. You have much more insight. Broken in victory, Khan in defeat. Khan, is Khan going to continue on? Tell me he's not uh, going to continue on after what I saw the other night.
1: I don't think he will, no. And um, there are many times when I've been asked this question about a fighter of, of his sort of age with his sort of recent form guide where I would still doubt I would still, but I think in Khan's case, I, I'm fairly confident we've seen the last of Khan in a ring. I think he was a long time inactive before this. There was nothing there. He'd been in a lot of trouble against middling opponents even before that. Uh, and he's made a good amount of money and he's got a profile and he's got interests and he's got passions Um very creditable ones, it's certainly in his local community and I know internationally too. He's uh, involved a lot of good projects. And I think it's important, before I move on to Brook, I think it's important to recognise just what Amir Khan has done for British boxing, above and beyond his own career, which has been entertaining throughout. He's never run from a challenge, the Brook the argument notwithstanding. Um He's fought all over the world. He's fought some very good guys. And in beating Medana, he showed what a terrific fighter he was. That's probably his peak performance, I would argue. But he went to the um, Olympics in 2004 as the only British boxer, age 17. Came back with the silver medal, lost to Kinderlin, the great Cuban in the final. Um, a terrific, amazing thing. And it, and it highlighted to the British public or reminded the British public how much they love boxing. It encouraged some funding to go into British boxing. And behind him has come a procession of medalists at Olympic Games um, for under the British flag. So absolutely vital he played a part he played in that. And for Brooke, I think we may see one more. I hope we don't, TJ. You've kind of implied it in your question. Mm-hmm. I hope we don't. I don't think he can have a better send-off than beating his arch rival in front of a sellout crowd and leave feeling like you still could, rather than fighting on and proving that you can't because he will, he could be deceived by the Khan performance. Uh, I don't want to discredit it, but by the same token, the Amir Khan he fought on Saturday is a lot different to an active 30-year-old, light middleweight, middleweight, which are the kind of names that he's throwing around. I wouldn't count him out against those guys, but I think he may be deceived by how well it went on Saturday, and I would prefer him to retire too.
0: Well said by The Boxing Writer. Follow David Payne on social media at The Boxing Writer. Uh, read his site, boxingwriter.co.uk. Love this man. Love his willingness to come aboard whatever time, all hours of the day and night. We work it out, Eastern Time in the U.S. versus the uh, Greenwich Mean Meantime GMT uh, over there. Uh, okay, real quick to the heavyweights. Can't get away without talking heavyweights, and I promise we will talk. Josh Taylor, Jack Catterall, that's the uh, upcoming battle in Scotland, Taylor's homecoming, undisputed 140-pound championship coming on Saturday afternoon, U.S., Saturday night primetime in the U.K. We will talk that in a bit. So Dillian White, what a surprise. Uh, with the largest payday of his career on the line, soaked it for all it was worth and then put the pen to paper or the electronic signature or whatever, and he has agreed to fight Tyson Fury. David, we believe that will be April 23rd. It's not officially announced yet likely Wembley stadium stadium seating, something like 70, 80,000, wherever they're going to have it. All right. So it's, it's now sort of official, I guess it's official. Any reaction here that we're actually going to get this in a Tyson Fury homecoming, which is the bigger story, obviously.
1: I think let's be positive. Let's be positive about this. They signed to make the fight and he's made sure that everybody knows that the fight is signed because he spent two weeks pretending he wasn't going to. <laughs> whatever, he, whatever he may have done uh, in the background, negotiated, we will never know. I hope we never know because I don't really care. Right. Um, they're both going to get paid fantastically well. Uh, and if Dillian White had walked away from this, he may have regretted it for the rest of his life. So, And ultimately, for all of White's mixed form over the last couple of years, um, he is a top, Five, six, seven guy. I don't think anyone would really argue against that. And so, therefore, him versus Fury is a good fight, providing it's not the only one we see with the two of them this year. Um, it's a really good fight. Um, I guess we'd all expect Fury to win. We won't believe that White's got the tools to get the job done. But when they're 18 stone guys, let's fall on some cliches here. One shot to the chin can change it all, can't it? And yes. just because he got up, he got up from the wilder shots, doesn't necessarily mean some shot in the future won't be the um, won't be a defining one. So I'm excited about that fight. I think it'll be fun. I think the two of them will make a lot of noise in the in the prelude to that fight. I don't think White will be intimidated. For all the uh, brickbats he's had over the last few weeks, uh, he's not scared of fighting people. Um, so I think it'll be entertaining. And whether it can sell Wembley got Slight reservations about that. Fury's a really? big draw. Yeah, really? he's a, he's, a, he's a big draw, but he's not he's not proven in the past to be a Joshua draw. Maybe that's changed now. It's a long time since he's fought in the UK. His profile's totally different. Um, so it would be interesting to see how that goes. And White has sold out twenty thousand seater arenas against the likes of Povetkin, etc. So he's got some he's got some trade behind him as well. Uh, but Wembley's a that's a big stadium, of course. Um, so uh, whether they take one step down from that and maybe drop in Cardiff or go to an Old Trafford or a Manchester or something, but that'll be tricky because it's football season. So,
0: so help me with this one stadium. And I have no idea how realistic this is that got mentioned is uh, you, you, you referenced the Olympics, the London park, if I have it correct, or the London wow. stadium at Queen Elizabeth park, which that stadium is around 70,000. What's a few thousand among friends. It's around a 70,000 capacity. Is that even viable in your mind? Have they ever staged a big-time fight there? I don't think they have. Correct me if I'm oh, wrong. It's a,
1: it's, a, it's, a, it's a relatively new stadium, of mm-hmm. course, 2012. It's now inhabited by West Ham United Football Club, who um, got it for about £4.50 uh, or about $10, whatever that is over your side <laughs> of it. They got it very cheaply, um, virtually a gift from the British taxpayer who built it. Um, but that's another story. If you've got any West Ham fans, I'm sure they're shouting at the uh, screen right now. But, um, uh, yeah, it's inhabited by a football team. So that will be difficult, I would imagine, in April because of football season uh, in terms of picking a date that fits right. with their pitches. So that, that might not be viable, but it's a big London arena. So who knows? And
0: we should mention that the Joshua Usyk fight was at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium where I have been and you are, you've you been around there since it's been remodeled. I was there with the United States, American football, the NFL, and my Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Whenever I get a chance to mention them, I have to bring that up on of the course, podcast. Course. David Payne Definitely. knows all about that. And and David knows I've got the hat over my shoulder while we're talking here too. He's got all of his boxing memorabilia. I've got hats of, of different things that I've done. But anyway, I've been in that venue. I don't know that that's viable. You've got a Tottenham Hotspur Stadium, uh, Tottenham Hotspur team that's playing right now, too. I'm just interested in your comment that you don't know that he might be able to sell 85 or 90,000 tickets. Still, if they sell 50,000, 60,000 tickets, and you would think they would, that's a massive success for the promotion, right? It's not, yeah. It's not off the charts, but it's still big.
1: It's, it's easy to forget. I mean, we're just to link the two stories, we had Terence Crawford over here in the UK walking in behind Amir Khan last weekend, probably to, the, I might be being facetious slightly, bending the truth, possibly to the most packed arena he's ever been in or walked out to. One of the greatest, probably two or three fighters fighting today. The British crowds, it's, it's a whole other level, isn't it? Mm-hmm. To some extent, um, apart from the very, very top events in America. Um, we get, we kind of, Flippant, about 20,000 crowds. Like that's a, you know, a so-so event. Um, so if they sold 50,000, 60,000, as you say, it's still astonishing, but we're just in this period where stadium fights are pretty much the norm at least once a year. So it's, um, and for you would imagine the heavyweight champion of the world, the Tyson Fury, could sell whichever stadium he wanted, but um, historically, he wasn't a terrific um, ticket seller. But as I said, He's now the man, isn't he? So maybe it'll be different. And we're accustomed to stadium fights. The event fan, the football fan that just wants to go and watch the big one and not bothered about the card, um, they may sell it out in no time. I may be proven completely
0: wrong. Well, and the U.S. phrase, I don't know what the British phrase is, is paper the house. So uh, the, the uh, Queensbury promotions uh bob arum top rank whoever they may give some tickets to, to paper the house with whatever they haven't sold and have even more people there who knows who knows if that's well, what they the, do, do that's on do sometimes that in the u.s go ahead
1: yeah they do that's the kind of thing when it on his billy joe song as this is willie monroe or someone but it's a mm-hmm. bit of a different kettle of fish when you've got tyson fury you would hope they wouldn't need to pay for the house i just it'd be interesting to see if, he's, if he sells it like joshua could and uh, we, we, we yep. will see. Uh, we will see and we will see
0: Good to know on that. All right, one more real quick. Obviously, as we release this podcast, uh, the events that are going on in Ukraine with the Russian invasion and whatever is going to happen, uh, how, how to what extent will Vladimir Putin and Russia elect to withdraw because of global pressure? I don't know any of that. David and I don't know any of that. But as we are talking right now, it it has to be on a much, much lower priority level, part of the discussion of, Is Alexander Usyk still going to end up fighting Anthony Joshua while this is going on? He is obviously from Ukraine, Uh, friends, family, loved ones everywhere in Ukraine while this is going on. Uh, Interesting that um, uh, Usyk was in England as part of a video game production and giving interviews and publicity around that on Wednesday of this week. The, The initial part of the invasion or the attack happened Wednesday night into Thursday in Ukraine. So, David, I think it's a it's a valid thing to raise. I raised it on the Big Fight Weekend website. We don't know. We can't look into the future for May or June. But I think right now it has to be part of the discussion that if this escalates and it's ugly and all of us hope that it's not, loss of life, horrific things that are going on here, again, boxing on the much lower priority. But it, it's a legitimate point to raise. Is it not going to jeopardize this fight? Uh, involving the Ukrainian hero, unified heavyweight champ. It's valid, yes?
1: Well, as we speak um, today, TJ, for the listener's benefit, as you mentioned, it's begun overnight, hasn't it? So you've got missiles landing in Ukraine, sovereign country in Europe, not very far from here in the global um, kind of scale. And it's terrifying. And as you say, the boxing is trivial. It's trivial pursu- pursuit, if you pardon the pun. Uh, it's a trivial endeavour in comparison to what Alexander Yusin might be considering and contemplating. So whatever he decides to do, I suppose he'll be fully supported. And if Joshua has to move on with his career with alternate opponents, that won't be his fault. And I don't think anyone will criticise either person for doing that. Um, it's a complex enough business, it's heavyweight boxing. If we've got to start contemplating geopolitics, then it really is um, horrendous. But yes, as you say, as a subject matter, as an, out, as a, an impact, the boxing is, uh, is minuscule when we have already, it would seem, had a loss of life over there. So it, we hope some resolution is quickly arrived at for those people suffering today and this evening and so on.
0: Yeah, it's, it's an awful situation. Let's see how it's handled. David and I don't know the ultimate resolution as, again, Friday becomes Saturday and the weekend. You may know some of this. Uh, I just, I raised the issue because it's going to be, if this continues, it's going to be part of the discussion about how can you have that fight with that guy in, involved with what's going on with his country right being attacked down. somewhere down the road. We're not there yet. It's just no, it's just hypothetical, but it's worth bringing up. I it's believe.
1: So, sorry to cut across you, but I think um, I'm no no diplomat, I'm no economist, I'm no historian. But um, one can only anticipate that, however brief the um, however brief the military engagements are, this story is going to go on and on and on isn't it so um it, this it could unsettle the entire year very quickly um so it, it wouldn't It would surprise me one bit if um if we're looking at different fights or if, if he doesn't fight and yeah, josh was fighting somebody else and i wouldn't want to speculate who that might
0: be sure. we'll just wait and see, won't we? we're all in the wait and see mode on that i want to get some insight on the fight that we will see in scotland josh taylor and Jack Catterall, boxing writer, stand by for me. That's coming up straight ahead as we roll on. And we're brought to you in part by WinBet. They've got a massive college basketball contest upcoming where the grand prize winner gets reserved seating, four seats, at the world renowned Win Las Vegas Race and Sports Book for the early round action of the college basketball tournament Thursday, March 17th, Friday, March 18th, as well as two rooms at the Win Las Vegas for a two night stay. In addition, they're getting $1,000 worth of free bets from WinBet. Any WinBet patron that places a minimum $25 wager on college basketball during this promotional period becomes automatically eligible for the prize, and players can take advantage of the offer immediately. There's no limit to the number of entries that appear patron can receive into the grand prize drawing. For example, if a patron raises, uh, uh, wagers $1,000 on college basketball during the promotional period, they get 40 entries uh, as part of this contest. The offer is subject to change. Terms and conditions at winbet.com. You must be 21 or older and present in the state where play through WinBet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, have them call 1-800-522-4700. It is Winbet and winbet.com for the college basketball tournament contest. We're also brought to you in part by IP Vanish. Did you know that browsing online using incognito mode doesn't actually protect your privacy? That's right. Without added security, you might as well give away all your private data to the hackers, advertisers, your ISP, and other prying eyes. That's why you need to use IP Vanish VPN to make it easy and truly private and secure on the internet. IP Vanish helps you safely browse the net, encrypting 100% of your data. That means your private details, your passwords, your communications, your browsing history, and more. Completely shielded from falling into the wrong hands. Even your physical location will be hidden. IP Vanish makes you virtually invisible online. It's that simple. You can use IP Vanish on unlimited devices without sacrificing speed your computers, your tablets, your phones, even devices like your Fire Stick when you're streaming your media. Whether you're at home or in public, don't go online anymore without using IP Vanish. IP Vanish is offering an incredible 70% off their yearly plan for listeners right here on the SGPN, and they give you a 30-day money-back guarantee. It's just like getting nine months for free. IP Vanish is super easy to use. All you do is tap one button, and you're instantly protected. You won't even know it's on. Stop sharing with the world everything that you stream or everything you search for or everything you buy. Take your privacy back today with the brand-rated 4.6 out of 5 Trustpilot Go to IPVanish.com slash SGP and use that promotional code SGP. Get a 70% savings. That's IPVanish.com slash SGP. Hey, we're also brought to you in part by Stable Duel. There are never enough things to gamble on. and One sport that runs 365 days a year is horse racing. And the best part is now there's a new way to play the ponies, especially if you're brand new to the sport. Check out Stable Duel, a daily fantasy-style app where you can play free and paid games for real cash prizes. Pick your horses, build your stable, and play against others to move up the leaderboard. Win as much as $15,000 with one entry, and this Saturday they even have a $40,000 contest If you don't know anything about horses, not to worry. The app gives you clear data on which horses to select to build your best strategy. The app is free to download at StableDuel.com. Multiple games are offered each day. Free games weekly at all tracks all over the United States. Get the app. Create the account, start building your stable today. Invite your friends to play against you or play against other stables. You can even follow them on the app and compare your own stats to theirs. Download it now, StableDuel.com, and see how many winners you can pick in your stable. See you in the winner's circle. Play, race, win with Stable Duel. And we're brought to you in part by PropSwap, where America buys and sells their sports bets. The March to Madness is right around the corner, and PropSwap is your place to cash in for the big dance. Every season, PropSwappers make thousands of dollars by simply buying and selling college basketball teams, and now is the time to find those Cinderella's while the odds are really high. So get into your sports book, buy a handful of tickets, and then just list them on PropSwap. Remember, only one team needs to make a run, and that ticket will pay for the rest. PropSwap has thousands of buyers across the country, so you'll always find the best odds and collect the most money for your bets. Hurry up, download the free PropSwap app today. It has fantastic features like filtering listed tickets based on the best value, a free activity feed to stay in the know with all the big sales and the red-hot tickets that are for sale, a loyalty rewards program that turns your ticket sales into extra bonus cash, and a first deposit cash match using our promo code SGP on your first deposit. And PropSwap will match that deposit up to $500. Join real sports bettors on PropSwap. That's where America buys and sells sports bets. And a reminder, the SGPN app is right there live now in the App Store and the Google Play Store. This app gives you easy access to all of our picks, all of our podcasts, everything in the content from the SGPN family of shows and everything that's going on on the app. Don't forget, give us an app review. Download the SGPN app today in the App Store and the Google Play Store. Look for us. It's the SGPN app. We're back on Big Bite Weekend. Now, here's your host, TJ Reeves back in once more here on the only program you really need we do our best we endeavor our best to cover whatever it is not just in the united states but in europe the uk australia the far east wherever with boxing it's the big fight weekend podcast and again david payne is aboard in england i appreciate him staying up late with me um, and, and chatting time zone differences being what they are as we get into the weekend i don't have to prompt you too much i don't have to prod you too much We've got an undisputed junior welterweight world title fight. Josh Taylor, first time that he will defend the four belts um, in in a massive fight in Scotland uh, for him. He has returned there. The Hydro Arena that seats some 14,000 is the site. It'll be on pay-per-view, obviously, in uh, the UK through Sky Sports. It'll be on ESPN Plus Saturday afternoon in the U.S. Jack Catterall is the opponent. All right, here we go. Uh, Taylor ready to go after a win when last we saw him uh, last year over uh, Jose Ramirez in the United States, taking Ramirez's two versions of the 140-pound title. David, give me some insight. What intrigues you about this one real quick? What do do we think?
1: I just want to see Josh Taylor fight. He's one of the best fighters in the world, so I just want to see him fight. Jack Catterall, I don't want to discredit him. He's not a top-line opponent that we may necessarily want someone like Taylor to be fighting, but Taylor needs to be a touch busier than he's been. Pandemics notwithstanding, the record of the guys he's fought over the last three, four years is astonishing. I think uh, combined there's only one defeat between them, which we all know records can be misleading um, because sometimes it suggests they've never actually fought anybody. But I think he's got a very very creditable run behind him and his status as the the king at 10 stone, as we call it, 140 pounds. is unquestioned, I believe. I'm, I'm, I'm happy to argue that with someone. Um, I don't think there's any quibbles about the fact he's the main man. To my mind, we need to get this Castle fight out of the way. Catterham will come and he'll have a go. He'll be fearless. He has some tools, but I don't think he does anything better than Taylor. Um, so I think Taylor will be the boss in the fight and I think he'll want to put on a show. Um, to me, the fight for Taylor next really ideally before Crawford disappears up which appears to be what he might do would be the Terence Crawford fight I would love to see Josh Taylor Terence Crawford um, I'm not suggesting Taylor would necessarily win but I think Crawford would have to work awfully hard for it because Taylor can do pretty much everything so um, and he's a very very big light welterweight so I think it's a natural progress progression for Taylor and I think it'd be a terrific fight for Crawford and I'd love it to be here because they would have a massive crowd for that sure. but, um, I digress I jump ahead Uh, The fight on Saturday will be entertaining and um, it will be great to see someone as good as Taylor box. And that's really important right now to get him out, get him busy and hopefully early enough in the year that we might see two more appearances this year that I think would be really good for him.
0: And I did not do a good enough job of articulating this in the setup. Taylor actually had an ankle injury. This fight was supposed to have been back in December, but the ankle injury hurt him for training physically and timeline wise to delay it until February when we're having it now. Um, what, one or two things should we be looking for here? I mean, Taylor's obviously aggressive. The the left was big. Uh, he dropped Jose Ramirez a couple of times with a body shot and then eventually a left uppercut later on in the fight. The left is going to be big. What from Catterall, if he has any hope of having this sustain and go distance, what does he have to do? Well, movement, what, what do we look for?
1: It's really, really hard. It's really hard because Taylor can, couldn't box you. Taylor can beat you up on the inside. Taylor can... Show you angles, move you around. He's just really, really good, Taylor. And um, and he's, um, what's the word?
0: Um, he's kind how of. About, a, how about he, consummate? He's a consummate. Yeah, yeah all that.
1: All that. Like that? That's all very good. He's very polished. He's a he's, he's superb technician, but he's also a dog in a fight as well. He's not afraid to mix it up. He's not afraid to pour it on. He can take a shot and he's got that. Um, that little bit of Scottish madness in his eyes, as well, um, which you may, may never have come across in your life. I don't know, <laughs> uh, but I've come across it, and um, and I have a little of it in my bloodline. Um, but uh, I like so I, I, I really, I, I really struggle to find a way to make a case for Catterall to kind of find success. I think he can, can be competitive while he's fresh, uh, and I suppose there may be an argument. If Taylor's really tight at the weight, whether his legs could go later in the fight, perhaps, but I'm really stretching for Catterall on that basis. But it's his big chance. He'll give it everything. I'm sure he'll be in tip-top condition, and um, I'm, I'm sure he'll try and make a fight of it. I don't think he'll try and run away, certainly.
0: Love the insight of David Payne with me for just a couple of more moments. We're almost done on the podcast, on the Big Fight Weekend podcast again for our friends at Sports Gambling Podcast and SportsGamblingPodcast.com. Josh Taylor plus, or I'm sorry, minus 1,500, heavily favored, 15 to 1 to win this. David, the under over set at 10 and a half rounds here. The odds makers seem to think at least this would be a distance fight here, giving Catterall a little credit. Uh, we'll, we'll find out if that is, uh, if that is the case, articulate this, please for the audience here. You mentioned Scotland. I'm going to make you smile. Ken Buchanan is the famous name, the lightweight world champion from the 1970s. Ken Buchanan still alive at 75 years of age. That is the last undisputed champion from Scotland. It's not lost on Josh Taylor who has a relationship with Ken Buchanan. He's talked to him. He talked to him, uh, David, I think, you know, this the night that he upset Ramirez, he called, uh, Ken Buchanan after it was over in the middle of the night or early morning Scotland time uh, to talk with him and share in the joy of winning this. Uh, just to emphasize some more, what a big deal in Scotland this is to have Josh Taylor headline as an undisputed champion, please.
1: Um, well, he's a very talented guy. And um, S- Scotland love um, their fighters. They, you, you mentioned Ken Buchanan. Of course, he had a guy around the same time called Jim Watt, who was also a terrific fighter, um, who was a commentator for a long, long time on Sky Sports, so a very well-known voice as well for, for a generation or two. Of I'm going to make
0: you smile again. I still remember Jim Watt and a bloody Sean O'Grady fighting in what 1979 or 80 Jim Watts crowning moment and the, the clash of heads and the blood and all of that. And O'Grady yeah. was never the same. And Watt became a world champion. I'm just here to add to your excellence and what you're building up. <laughs> Continue on, on the impact. I didn't mean to derail. So the,
1: the, the Scots. They, they're very, very proud nation. Every nation says that, but they're a small nation of five or 6 million people. And and they're very often very embittered about the English heel that they've been beneath. So they love a sporting hero. They love an underdog story, someone conquering the world from little Scotland. Um, They follow their football team religiously, however poorly they do. They're a very feisty nation of people and they will will be incredibly vocal behind Josh Taylor on Saturday night and it will be a raucous atmosphere. And you're absolutely right. Taylor's a great student of the past and of his boxing and characters like Ken Buchanan, who's had some trouble since his retirement from the ring, a man who wrestled with some demons in retirement. Um, I think, um, yeah, it will be a special night and hopefully Taylor can deliver a special performance and get people your side of the pond talking about maybe him as a very credible opponent for Terence Crawford and the like because I think welterweight is probably in his very near future. I hope he doesn't stay in this division too long.
0: Well, and maybe it'll be Crawford. I would love the Regis Prograe rematch uh, because again yeah, they fought in the World Boxing Super uh, Series, I, I, but I, hear that I don't a lot, know that but... that fight happens though. But I mean Prograe still wants it and he's got revenge on his mind and maybe it has to happen at welterweight. I see well, that I in your so. face, yeah.
1: I think, I think Regis program perhaps needs to concentrate on boxing, like fighting other people, because to me his career has been pretty much dormant since he fought Josh Taylor, and it was very close and it was a very credible performance, but he's not really moved the needle anywhere else since, has he? And I'm not here as a, a Taylor advocate, and I'm not discouraging a Progre rematch, but there's been a lot of talk about that, and I think Progre could do with being more active, um, to make that kind of storyline fresh and renewed again, another man moving into his thirties, if I'm not mistaken. So mm-hmm. uh, it's time, time to move on and not wait for perfection and get boxing some other people.
0: Well, we'll see if that happens. The first thing first is when on Saturday night for Josh Taylor with all four belts on the line, rare four belt undisputed title fight that is coming Saturday, Scotland. Uh, we look forward to that. David Payne, thank you so much for the insight on everything. We'll see what happens in this Josh Taylor fight. We'll see what happens uh, with all the other. Uh, news that is coming in and around uh, when we might get a, a new sick Joshua fight, et cetera. We're looking forward to Fury and Dillian White. And whenever things are going on, in particular in the UK, we're all over this guy and his insight. Again, follow him at The Boxing Writer on social media. I'm positive he'll be tweeting about Taylor Catterall, the Englishman Catterall, heavy underdog uh, in this one. He'll be tweeting about it this weekend. Read him on his site, boxingwriter.co.uk. Thank you, my friend. I always love you catching up with me.
1: And you, TJ. Thanks for inviting me, as always.
0: There we go. We're done on this edition of the Big Fight Weekend podcast again. However you found us, thank you for doing so through the Sports Gambling Podcast, their network of shows, sportsgamblingpodcast.com. Subscribe Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcast. Just search Big Fight Weekend. That's where we are. Let's see what happens with Taylor and Catterall. We've got all the fight news, recaps, everything on bigfightweekend.com. We're back to talk much more about it. It will be March when we're back with you again That's coming next week and next month on the Big Fight Weekend Podcast. For David Payne, I'm TJ Reeves. Enjoy the fights. Bye.